Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but you all know the drill. we got to let it breathe just for a few seconds to make sure we're nice and stable and also to make sure we've got the entirety of our audience here with us, and it looks like we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime and fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's so funny, man, sometimes trying to not only interpret the content of what Vic Fangio says about his players, but also the tonality Today, of course, it being Thursday, Fangio was asked about the Broncos claiming Will Parks off of waivers, and he ended up going on to say, yeah, you know, we're basically, we're happy to have him back. Bryce is gone, and uh, he's gone to IR for three days, and or for three weeks, excuse me, and, and Parks can play nickel, he can play safety, he's very versatile, and, and I guess he kind of figured out that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I'm like, did you really need to throw that out there, dude? Because... I don't recall hearing anything about the Broncos really making a push to re-sign Parks this past spring. I mean, could it have been a play on the Eagles' colors being green? Was he trying to be funny there? I mean, it's one way to interpret it. I don't think so, to be honest with you. He he got a low-ball offer from Philadelphia. Like you said, the Broncos didn't jump to re-sign him. They moved on and had Trey Marshall and P.J. Locke as a safety. They didn't think that highly of him. It's one of those situations where you can comment now because you got him on your side again, because things worked out a certain way. If they didn't claim him yesterday, Chad, if he went to the Vikings or the Niners, I think his tonality would have been a little different on Will Parks. But, you know, the one thing I queried this over to you last night, if Bryce Callahan does not injure his foot and then end up going to IR this week, do the Broncos actually put in a waiver claim on Will Parks? And my suspicions, I think, were confirmed because I don't think they would have. I think they would have held tight because, you know, they got five games left to go in the season. And, you know, you're paying basically uh, five weeks of that $1.5 million contract the Eagles gave Parks that you weren't willing to give him. 
and you need someone to play, help you play a little nickel, help you play a little dime backer. Doesn't sound like Zach, we're going to be getting Mark Barron anytime in the near future. It's possible, but just reading between the lines, it doesn't sound like that's going to really work out, but we'll see. Wow. Chad, are you serious right now? You mean to tell me the guy who's been injury prone his entire career is not going to play for Denver more than likely this season? Wow. Couldn't have seen that coming. (laughs) Let me tell you what Fangio said, all right? Um, Quote, if Barron has a chance to play in the final month of the season, quote, yeah, I think he's got a chance. He just was up against the eight ball. We signed him late in camp. He started practicing, got his hamstring injury on the second practice at the stadium, which kept him out a good amount of time. Then while he was recuperating from that, He had an injury that he sustained in the weight room that kept him out even farther. So it's made it difficult to get him ready with reps. We're at that part of the season where we practice. Our reps on the field are less than they were in the beginning of the season. So it's been a perfect storm for the wrong reasons to get him up and going, close quote. So obviously Fangio's not eliminating the possibility of Barron playing, but they they, they activated him from IR to practice, not to the roster, right? Unless – Nope, just to practice, but they have three weeks from the time they did that to make a decision. Are we going to actually put them on the 53? Or, or am I misremembering that? Did they activate him to the 53? I don't think they did yet. Now I'm going to search. I think I I want to say I wrote that article recently. I believe they did, or they activated him from IR. You're right. You're right. They did. They did. So he's on the roster. Are we going to see him, I guess, is the question, Zach. I don't think so, and and Fangio's answer was a roundabout way of saying this guy is injury-prone, and injury-prone guys are tough to get going when when another injury strikes. It's just what's so with this guy. There's a reason why, Chad, with a first-round pedigree, what he brings to the table on paper, if that can materialize in practicality, he'd have a team already. He wouldn't have been a free agent. You're not going to find these superstars on the scrap heap. DeMar Dotson was an exception. Look at Nigel Bradham. He didn't work out either. You don't really get starting-caliber guys on late – Last minute scrap heap. If they were that good, they would have had a team. There's a reason why Baron has bounced around, and the reason why, as the Broncos were finding out, he just can't stay healthy. Indeed, I mean, going against him as well. I know the Broncos are paying him. I think it, he's guaranteed a million bucks this year. Was the guarantee on that contract he signed? But going against him is the fact that Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, while not necessarily being next level linebackers, they've actually played pretty well. I mean, I would I would say that this has been, I guess you could argue 2019, but over the last few years, this has, in my opinion, been the most consistent linebacker performance, talking off ball, that the Broncos have had. And that's not a knock on Todd Davis. Alexander Johnson hasn't been as good as he was last year, but he's still been really solid. But if Barron has a leg up on those guys or an opportunity to see the field, it's in coverage and nickel. But Zach... If you're bringing in Will Parks, there's your dimebacker. Not only can he play the nickel, so can a Sang Bassi. Right. I doubt I doubt Fangio's going to suddenly go, well, thanks for everything, Esang. By the way, he, he pronounces it Esang, but nevertheless, uh, thanks for everything, Bassey. Take a seat. Parks is going to play nickel you know, uh, by himself. I don't think that's how it's going to happen. I think they'll get rotated in, but Parks is going to play a lot of linebacker in sub-packages, and that doesn't bode well for Barron actually seeing the field now that he's active on the roster. I could be wrong, but I feel like when they signed Mark Barron, it wasn't to supplement the safety group. It was to supplement the inside linebackers. 
And that was their first mistake right there. Get a natural inside linebacker, invest in a natural three-down guy. When you try to use dimebackers and smaller guys that are built like safeties and cornerbacks, not built like true linebackers, and you ask them to play the position, it doesn't hold up. There's a reason why Dion Buchanan, Mark Barron, these guys haven't succeeded in the NFL. That position never really took off. When Mark Barron entered the league, it was the next hottest thing to have the dimebacker, to be the, the roving safety who can play in the box and play in coverage. It never really materialized. It was sounded great on paper, but there's a reason why linebackers are built the way they are and safeties are built the way they are. You can't really meld them together, as we're seeing with Barron. Guys, tonight is it's all about you. It's the Mile High Mailbag. It's that time of the week where we, as your football priests, take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag, we, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So get them ready, get them going. We'll try and be as even Steven across the board, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Super Chat as we can since it is the Mailbag Night. But, Tom, appreciate this Super Chat, one of our superstars up there north of the 49th Parallel. He says, no matter what happens this year, Drew is still the man. We're going to talk a lot about Drew tonight and as well as the implications of this Chiefs game. Also, Dale, really appreciate the Super Chat, my friend, jumping yes, in. Thank you, Dale. Uh, he dipped in to show some love and then had to bounce. He says, I have to work tonight, but I'm stopping by to throw some love to Broncos country. You can bet I'll watch this later when I get home. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag beat the Chiefs. Zach, we're going to talk about that. And thank you, Dale, man. We really appreciate gestures like that. And it does mean the world to us. Um, we got a lot to get to, but really quick, we got to handle some matters of business because tonight's live stream pod is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Gang, you no doubt know by now that gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado. And what makes sportsbetting.com the no-brainer destination for you is the following. Sharp odds, low juice. They have their own in-house bookmakers. That means they're not a third-party provider of odds. You get reduced juice and best prices as a result of that. Hassle-free bonuses with a one-time rollover. That means the bonus money is yours after you bet it one time, whereas with other betting sites out there, you don't get to use that money or, or access that money until you've bet it five to 30 times. And then 24-7 live customer support. And it's always a real person in the U.S. of A. But here is the kicker game at sportsbetting.com. Right now, you can get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to 1000 bucks. And it's not just one bet. It's all of your bets. Here's how it works. You play for a week. You make your bets. If your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference up to a thousand bucks and you can use that money after one time you can roll it over so head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle that is again sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to a thousand dollars now gang we know there's a lot on your mind tonight so we're gonna blaze through the matters of business just a reminder follow the pod on twitter at huddle up pod the main account at Mile High Huddle, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. Gentle reminder as we uh, enter the holiday season, head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Get a hat, get a football priest tee, get a hoodie, get a mug, get a face mask, a little something for everybody. Shout out to our Facebook supporters. We love and appreciate each one of you. And it's it just it all adds up and, and goes a long way toward allowing Zach, myself, John, all the guys to provide you this content on the daily. And we have some really special plans coming here for our Facebook community, our, our official supporters on Facebook. So if you'd like to support us, 
on the Facebook side of things, just go to the main page, facebook.com slash mile high huddle. You'll see the big blue button, become a supporter. Click that. You are in like Flynn. And if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store or become an official supporter or be a super chat superstar, it is all good. We're just stoked and, and grateful to have you with us here tonight. Or if you're listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast, but we do ask that you do these three things. Subscribe first and foremost, like this video, especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. Like this video, do it right now. And the third thing is, if we're doing a good job for you, the litmus test, what allows Zach and I to know if we really are doing a good job is whether or not you share this video or this episode out there on your social media. So share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Broncos country, that was rough, but we got something here to brighten your day. Coors Hard Seltzer is not your average seltzer. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy to make a difference, to make an impact. Coors Hard Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering because our waterways are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. The results? One billion, that's with a B, you guys, gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River. And that's just year one. You get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause. Enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. And the specs are in, gang. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories. Chad, after the NFL did the Broncos dirty against the Saints, I'm so happy I have my black cherry Coors Hard Seltzer to lean back on. It's my favorite flavor. It always lightens my mood. It's the crisp, refreshing taste that I look for, and I'm so happy to have it on this football Sunday. Amen. So join the world's easiest volunteer program. By simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer, you can volunteer to restore America's rivers. 
You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It is that simple. Visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, Zach. So one other thing is I, John, any questions or whatever you see in Supers, get them, uh, get them queued up. But Zach, Fangio doesn't sound too bullish on the idea that Shelby Harris is going to play this week. I don't know if you saw his comment, just so everyone knows the score real quick. This is what Vic Fangio said in terms of, hey, how's Shelby looking? Because he returned to practice yesterday. How's Shelby looking for this week? Quote, uh, as far as how he did in practice, quote, I thought he did good. He doesn't have his sea legs under him yet but I thought yesterday was a good start and hopefully it'll be a little bit better today. Close quote. Do you think the Broncos are going to get Shelby back on the field? Well, I wrote up an article about Shelby Harris where he said the Broncos are hoping that he'll play on, on uh, Sunday and it's no longer about CV or no longer about Shelby Harris's health. It's about Shelby Harris's conditioning. And a lot of people don't realize when, even when you're healthy, when you're out of action for as long as he's been, he's missed the last four games, your body doesn't react the same way. You're, you're thrown off your regimen. You're, you're thrown off tune and you have to get back into that. How I read Fangio's comments was if he gets in a limited practice Wednesday, which he did, um, um, limited practice Thursday, limited practice Friday, he'll have a chance to suit up. And if he does, he'll be active. You have to play him. You don't have any other defensive linemen that are starting caliber. Shelby Harris is a great player, and you're facing the best offense in the NFL. So he'll play more than likely every down. I don't know about that, but to have him on the field is a huge boost, if only on, on passing downs in those situations. I just cannot imagine this defense going a fifth straight game without even one of their day one starters on the defensive line. I mean, Crazy. you and I were talking about this. You just had an article that just went live at milehighhuddle.com touching on some of these topics, but you and I were just talking about the fact that in three of the last five games, the Denver Broncos defense has allowed 200 plus rushing yards. It's no surprise why they're missing each and every one of their day one starters, Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell, and of course Shelby because of the, the the virus. So if they can get him back, I mean, Shelby's not known Zach for being the, you know, linchpin defensive uh, run stuffer, so to speak, but he has improved in that area of his game, especially this year, quite dramatically. And as you said, I think just getting it back on the field will be a boost. Big time. If only for his his pass deflecting capabilities, Chad, what he brings to the defense. He really is a talented player. And he was having a great season before he contracted the virus. So I'm excited to see him out there on Sunday night. I think he will be, but I don't think in a full starting capacity yet. Appreciate the super chat here from Corey Christie, a name that we do not recognize. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you, my friend. We really appreciate it. He says, love the show. I got the Broncos plus 20 on Sunday. Can they cover? Um, so the official spread, according to sportsbetting.com, as of today, I reached out to him today to make sure there weren't any additional updates to this that I might have missed. It's 14 points, and that's brutal. So maybe the Broncos do uh, end up losing by 20 points. I don't think so. I think this is going to be a little bit tighter game. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Broncos are going to win. I know, Zach, way back before all the crap storm hit, and I'm talking way back preseason time, offseason time, actually, you predicted the Broncos beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead this year. Have you seen anything after the epidemic of injuries and the crap storm that happened last week that would um, 
bring that back into focus as a distinct possibility. You know what I've seen from the Broncos, and we just talked about this off air before we went on, and I said, Chad, I don't know why I have this this weird feeling that the Broncos are going to upset the Chiefs on Sunday. And you looked at me very deadpan and said, that is weird. And I, I feel <laughs> it very much is too. I don't know. One thing I've learned, though, about Vic Vangio's Broncos when they get blown out or when they have a tough loss, they always win that next game that no one expects them to win. It happened with the Texans last year. It happened this year uh, with the Chargers coming back and beating them. And then uh, a few weeks ago, I mean, what, what the, the upset they pulled off and the, the, against Miami, you know, confounding to a, the Broncos were given no chance in that game. And I, I know the Chiefs are a lot better than the Dolphins, but something is telling me if not winning, they're not going to lose by 20 points. They're not going to get blown out in this game. It's not going to be snowing, first of all. So Locke more than likely will have a clear environment with which to play. He'll have very much motivation, and he'll be very pissed off. And all of the Broncos will have a quarterback on the field. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to give a prediction that they're going to win this game, but something is stirring inside of me that we're going to get a very competitive game from Denver on Sunday. As you guys can see here, as Carl Dummler wrote today at milehighhuddle.com, the spread is the Chiefs are favored by 14 points. The over-under, that means how many total points are going to be scored in this game is 51. And then the money line, what that really means, it's, you know, I've had to, I've learned a lot for what it's worth, gang, about betting and the odds and the different, what, what each little stat means. But basically what those, uh, so, so here's how it works real quick. The money line is Broncos plus 680, Chiefs minus 1,000. And thanks to the intrepid coverage here of, Carl Dummler, here's how he explained that, if this will let me get to it. Uh, he said, the Chiefs now have the largest money line of any team the Broncos have played all season. They sit at minus 1000 meaning a bet of $100 would only net the winner $10 of actual profit. So if you bet 100 bucks on the money line, you would get 110 back. I personally would not want to place a bet that brings so little return. This is Carl. If one is inclined to believe in miracles, though, this speaks to kind of what you were saying, Zach. This week could pay big dividends for anyone betting on the Broncos. Denver sits at plus 680, meaning a $100 bet would net the person a $680 return. So if you bet $100 and, and the Broncos win, you would get $780. Bucks. You know, your $100 bucks you bet plus the 680 Unfortunately, though, as Carl says here, the Chiefs have dominated the Broncos as of late winning 10 in a row against Denver, making it hard to see this week providing a different result. But as he says, crazier things have happened. It is the NFL, uh, any given Sunday, et cetera. Um, Zach, let's grab this from Richie. My question, if Drew Locke goes out there and just stinks, do the Broncos pull him and put Brett in to see how he does? No. You have to let Locke stink on his own. You have to let that stink form and then see whether it deodorizes itself or whether it lingers in the air. And if he has another bad game, look, they've already lived through his worst games. And most of them have come against, or two of them have come against the Chiefs. So if he struggles again, they're playing the best team in the NFL. It's a tough situation. He didn't play last week. He kind of lost his, some of his mojo as well. If he is really bad in this game, Nathan Peterman, you'll see the fan uh, calls for Brett Rippon. You'll see Fangio address a question, but it's not going to happen in that game. They will give Drew Locke at least the entirety of this game. Going forward, I can't predict that. But even if he has a bad game, it's got to be Locke. We have to see what we have in him, Chad. And not only that, but the Broncos need to spell it out if he does fall flat on his face. Like they need to have a plausible, they need to be able to stand up there at the end of the year or when the draft comes around and say with a straight face to the fans, look, we gave him an honest effort. You know, we let him grind it out down the stretch. 
We did everything we could to see if he could turn it around. He just didn't show the steps forward we needed to see. Time is of the essence. Here we are. Uh, Broncos Country says, I heard that Lindsey is out for this game. I don't know where you heard that, my dog, unless I missed something before we went live. Uh, let me let me check the quotes here. Lindsey, Reed, they were limited today. Uh, in fact, the signs point to the opposite, Zach, that Lindsey, who was feared coming out of that Saints game to have had a season-ending knee injury, mm. turns out it was a lot more minor than they initially expected. And he's practiced yesterday and today limited. So if he's a full participant tomorrow, it's a guarantee he'll play. But even if he's limited again tomorrow on Friday's practice, Zach, it all just depends on how much he heals up between Saturday and all the way to Sunday night. Well, it makes me angry because he never should have been playing in that game. So he got hurt in a game that never should have been taking place on that day. I think he will play knowing Philip Lindsay. I mean, the guy played a day after getting cleared from a concussion. He's as tough as nails. He's a gamer. He's everything you want in a football player. Uh, as long as he's on his current track, if he's limited tomorrow, I, he will suit up Sunday. His usage, though, with, with his injury and with Pat Shermer being the play caller, you never really know. But I think, you know, gun to my head, he does play Sunday and probably plays very well knowing him. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Kenneth Booker, bona fide superstar, needs no introduction from us. He says, if Fangio was my dad, <laughs> I would run away. LOL. It's funny he says that because at a couple of different points this week, well, the last two weeks, Zach, Fangio has referenced being a father in terms of um, kind of relating it to how he views the mistakes some of the young guys have made, including Drew Locke last week. But yeah, Fangio, he's very much a tough love guy, and it's never good enough. I mean, look at right. look at the – it's one of the things you see from like kids of high – the high-achieving kids who are kids of high-achieving parents is, you know, you come home with an A on the test, and your parents are like, oh, that's cool, but could have been an A+. plus. You're like, dang it. Come on, can I get some props, mom and dad? What, what do I got to do here? Fangio, day one, he walks into to Dove Valley, and he goes – Von Miller, really good player, but I think he can be even better. We're talking about, at that point, a <laughs> seven-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro, uh, Super Bowl 50 uh, MVP. He's like, nah, he could be better. He's one of those dads that's like, yeah, you know, thanks for 
doing all the great work you did in the backyard. You built my fence, you know, you mowed the lawn. Could have been better. Maybe start on the front yard now. He's that kind of that kind of coach. Yeah, it's like you came to him, Dad, I got a 96% of my spelling test. Why not the other four points? Why not the full 100? And you know what? I understand the, the carrot and the stick, but you have to keep the, the carrot at least within reach, within reasonable distance. When Demarcus Walker has two sacks in a game, and that's a guy who's been very much criticized, what did he do? He criticized his run defense. I, I understand the tough love approach, but when you don't even throw your players a bone nor back them publicly, different subject, but the quarterbacks, Chad, when you're speaking out against your players and you don't even acknowledge what they do in a positive way, they're going to tune that out. You're going to be viewed as another McDaniels, another Mangini, another Belichick wannabe who's impossible to satisfy. And Chad, would you want to play for that kind of guy? I interpreted Kenneth's question run away from him, not being scared because I want to get away. I don't know if that's what he was saying, like run away from home if he was my father. That's kind of how I would feel. Isaiah jumping in on Facebook. Good to see you, Isaiah. Appreciate you being with us here tonight, my friend. He says, can you see Will Parks playing nickel and Bryce Callahan becoming the other outside corner for 2021? Gang, I would be absolutely flabbergasted if Will Parks, if the Broncos re-signed Will Parks in 2021. Maybe they do, but let's just pretend they do. Just for a second, for for the sake of Isaiah's question here, Zach, um, Asang Bassey is a nickel. Bryce Callahan can play nickel. I think the Broncos like Callahan on the outside in base, and they want to you know kick him inside during sub packages. But the increased emergence of Bassey this season has kind of allowed them to keep Callahan more on the outside as the season has worn on. So I think Will Parks. And this was one of my, you know, it wasn't a disagreement by any stretch, but Luke Patterson of of MHH, of course, one of the co-hosts of Mile High Insiders, he was very, very keen when word broke that the Eagles had cut uh, Will Parks of bringing him back to Denver. And I just said, well, I, I have a hard time seeing a place for him. Not that I wouldn't want him, not that I don't think he's a solid DB, but because the Broncos let him walk, A, there's a reason why they let him walk. We can get into that more as the show goes on. B, you've seen the same Bassey really blossom and emerge like he's got some work to do in coverage but he's been surprisingly stout in coverage and he is a sound tackler and he makes plays at and behind the line of scrimmage so where does where does will parks fit into this well we got our answer when bryce callahan ended up going on injured reserves that you know i I wanted to say this on yesterday's pod but we didn't get time i didn't get time to say it you can look at the Will Parks addition, though, as maybe some insurance against Justin Simmons and his future and his contract coming up. It seems like they want to target a safety. I'm not saying Will Parks is the future, but there's a reason they brought him back beyond just his locker room fit. And even Fangio said he didn't really have much of a reason beyond he's a good locker room guy and he, the grass is ain't always greener. I think they're maybe positioning themselves and, and seeing what they could have in that secondary if the worst should strike next year, if they move on from Boye, if they move on from uh, Justin Simmons for whatever reason, if they want to tag him as opposed to giving him a contract. Do I think Parks returns? No, but I do think regardless next season, the Broncos invest more in the safeties. And Kareem Jackson, Chad, he's not a spring chicken either, and he's pretty expensive. So you take away Simmons' contract, you take away Kareem Jackson, who do you have back there? I think they're going to want to start sacking safeties now, starting with Parks, just to kind of get those ducks in a row. That's my take on it. All right, we got one here from, let me check, from BNS. He wants to know, by the way, happy birthday to your to your uh, kid. You said it's his birthday or her birth, his birthday. Uh, do you agree that if the O-line keeps Drew clean and the pocket comfy and Pat Shermer brings a balanced but aggressive game plan, that Locke has a very good day. Oh, and no turnovers. 
So Zach, yes, if if the if the O line keeps locked clean, check. If Shermer brings a good game plan, check. And there are no turnovers. I would guarantee Drew Lock has himself a day. But those are three very big ifs. I mean, those are all three star uh, three three uh, things that really have to click, and it's hard to count on that with just how up and down this offense has been all year long. If I found a million dollars on the floor, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, all the ifs in the world, it'd be great, but what are the chances all three of those things can align? And they all go hand in hand, though. You keep Drew Locke clean, you can have a better game plan. You keep him clean and upright, he won't commit turnovers more than likely, hopefully. Uh, that's what we have to see. We have to see the Pat Shermer we saw in the fourth quarter of the Chargers game and the Pat Shermer and Drew Locke we saw in the Dolphins game. It doesn't have to be overly aggressive, but take your shots, get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and use the running game to your advantage. If they can do that, who knows? All right, we got one from a bona fide superstar. We love him. This is Mike Evans, and he is a ardent, steadfast, dedicated member of this community and listener of the show. And we love you, my friends. Good to see you. He says, with five games left, how many games will we win? Appreciate y'all. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick look. I'm just I'm trying to uh, re I'm trying to remember exactly the order of these five games. So I'm just going to pull it up real quick. Chiefs this week, it's week 13, it's Chiefs. Then we go to on the road again to Carolina for week 14. Then it's back home, the Broncos taking on the Bills. That's going to be tough. Then it's week 16 at the Chargers. That's winnable. And then home against the Raiders. And the Raiders, man, they're just not the same team the Broncos played even three weeks ago, right? So what's your answer for for Mike in these final five games? What, what do you see the Broncos finishing? Well, all these games were winnable, first of all. Even Sunday's game against the Chiefs, as the Broncos have always played the Chiefs tough traditionally, even though it hasn't showed up in the box score. Carolina, I'm not scared of. Obviously, the Raiders and the the Chargers, I'm not scared of. The Bills would be tough, but didn't the Titans beat them a few weeks ago? And the Broncos took it down to the wire with the Titans, and they should have beat them. So in a roundabout nine degrees of Kevin Bacon way, they, they could be competitive in every game, Denver. I mean, if it all stems, as you know, and probably you're going to say, it all stems on the offense. Can they win all five? Sure. Will they lose all five? Probably not. I think they win two or three more, but the difference in those games is going to be the offense, not the defense. They had the defense to hold any team at bay. It's Locke and Shermer and the offense doing enough to either win a game or lose a game. So here's, here's what I'll say. I'll give, I'll give Mike a definitive answer. I, I'm, I see week 13 as a loss, right? I see week 14 as a, as a pick them toss up. So I'll go ahead and say that's a, that's a winnable game. I don't disagree with you, Zach, that on the surface, these are all winnable. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just trying to be pragmatic for the sake of the question. So that's one loss. I see week 14 being winnable. So I'll just go ahead and say one win. So that's one on one bills. I'm just going to, you know what, the way they played the dolphins, as you said, the way they played Tennessee early, you know, they win that game. If they get better coaching in week one, I'm going to say that one's winnable. I'll say they up. I'll say if they, nah, man, it's tough, but I'll say I'll just for the sake, I'll say, they lose this one. All right, so now they're one and two. I think they beat the Chargers in week 16 on the road. That's uh, two and two. And then the last game against the Raiders, they've split in each year dating back to the last five seasons. I think they'll split again. I think three and two is, honestly, yeah. Zach, being as pragmatic as possible, the, the most optimistic you could see this team finishing, which, what, that's seven and nine again? Not too terrible considering the circumstances. That's what I was saying. Two or three games. I think they have that in them. And that third victory, though, Chad, they're not going to win them all. That third victory will come down to the offense, though. Mark my words. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The Flute Guy Games, someone who has been very active on Super Chat the last little bit, and we really appreciate you, my friend. If you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out and connect with us so we can shout you out after the show and, and keep in touch. It says, uh, hey, guys, don't know if you have said anything about this, but what is the recipe for success this week? I say we need to rely heavily on the run game. Excellent, excellent question. We haven't really dived into that particular topic yet, but it's not too late, Zach. Let me pull up our little um, – the uh, – what what do they call it? The release packet here that we get each each week from Broncos PR. Let me let me pull this up real quick. All right, let's just take a look. And I don't I don't do this to um, make you guys eat your heart out eat your hearts out. I should say with uh, you know envy of the Chiefs. But let's just take a quick look here. Chiefs are number one in every major statistic except offensively, except rushing. Fumbles lost and red zone. They're surprisingly middle of the pack for red zone. That's that is a shocker, Zach. Meanwhile, defensively, the Chiefs are top ten in points per game. They're only allowing twenty one point six interceptions. They have twelve, so they're very opportunistic. And it's no surprise why. It's just like back when Peyton Manning was the Broncos quarterback. You get out to a bunch of leads. Teams have to throw. It creates opportunities for picks. The Chiefs very opportunistic. They have twelve, which is fourth most. And then the only other top 10 stat they have defensively is those takeaways. So thanks to the interceptions. So the model, I think, Zach, I'll start with one. And you touched on it um, in that article that you were writing up here. But the Denver Broncos, one of the keys to success here, I'll start with, is uh, stopping the run. If they can limit the Kansas City Chiefs and and prevent them from just running roughshod, I think that is going to help them a lot. And also, it really comes down to the Denver Broncos – 
protecting the football. If they don't turn it over like they did in the last Chiefs matchup, they can they can hang in this because they held Patrick Mahomes to 0 for 8 on third down. Look at that green, though, for the Chiefs. It's just crazy how good their offense is. It's a behemoth. It, it does start, to me, on offense. I, I, I'm confident in Fangio defending the passing. I don't want to say confident, but I think he'll do enough where it won't be a 500-yard game for Patrick Mahomes. Their rushing attack with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell, it really hasn't been the monster I thought it was going to be. That team is still very much uh, flows through the air. So uh, that's that's what's there for Fangio. I think he can do a good job containing him. I mean, last time it was 200 yards, Chad, and a garbage time touchdown for Mahomes. That was as bad of a game Mahomes is going to have. And if the Broncos had any semblance of offense, they could have maybe won that game. So again, it starts on offense for me. We could talk about the defense right now, but getting the running game going, keeping Mahomes off the field. When you chew up the clock, you chew up first downs and convert touchdowns, not field goals, touchdowns, you keep them on the sideline. That's how they have to win this game. The same approach they took against the Dolphins, not exposing Drew Locke and not hiding him either, leaning on the run game, but taking your shots. It's doable. I agree. It is doable, but they just, for whatever reason, and this is a sign of a young team and it's a sign of a not real, not a well-coached team. And that is in the big moments, they don't, they, they play it. What's a good way. They melt down, they crumble. I mean, there have been a few exceptions to that, like the Dolphins game. But for whatever reason, the Chiefs are the 800-pound gorilla. And it's not just Drew. Drew, we've talked about it on the show ad nauseum, this emotional um, complex that Drew has with the Chiefs because he grew up as a fan of the Chiefs and he's a true son of Missouri and all this stuff. Well, the Broncos themselves as a team have really struggled. You know, it's almost like when you psych yourself up to and you really get up for, for a battle like that, <clears throat> but you – you end up pressing and overdoing it. They just need to play with poise, play smart, play disciplined, don't turn the ball over. And Fangio's defense, odds are, even with the the personnel losses, losing Bryce, and I still think that they can hang with the Chiefs if they don't turn it over. Uh, David Kilgore, man, very generous, wow. very generous super chat, my friend. We really Thank appreciate you. that. And uh, you know, you're you're one of the guys that's been a big part wow. of this and has contributed mightily to the growth of MHH, especially on YouTube. So we love you, my friend. It's good to see you. We still think that profile pick, it's one of our favorites. So keep rocking it, my dog. We love you. He says, if Denver truly does lose out, what do you guys see happening to Locke? Will we look at a quarterback in free agency or draft one? So lose out, I think what he means is like if they lose all five games, I don't think that's going to happen. But if they did, um, it would be really hard to overcome – that negative momentum if you're the front office and say, look, we tried with Locke. We got to we gotta go a different direction. But I don't think that's how it's going to play out, Zach. I think you'll see this team finish around 7-9. and nine. Best case, absolute best case scenario, 8-8 eight and eight this year. And if that happens, that means you had a strong finish. You had another 4-1 and one finish coming out of that debacle last week. And that's enough to say, hey, look, it was a mulligan. This was a mulligan year. We're not coming off Locke as our guy. We're going to continue to invest in Locke, and this is our final rodeo. John Elway contract year, you know, not a contract year for Drew, not a contract year for Vic, but because it's a contract year for Elway, 2021 really represents the kind of do or die, put up or shut up uh, window for this team. If they do go and look to replace Drew, though, to, to answer David as as directly as possible, I think it would be the draft, not free agency. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't believe they're going to lose five games in a row. They're not going to 
lose out. They're going to have some success. And if the Broncos do end up winning three games, maybe four, like we mentioned, it's going to be because Locke, more than likely Locke, helped that process along the way. But I want to see, Chad, let's say they lose four of the five. I want to see how they lose. Is it because of Locke? Is it because Melvin Gordon fumbled? Is it because the defense fell apart? Is it because of injuries? There's so many variables and factors. Nothing is ever cut and dry. If they do, let's say under this pretense, I'm assuming they lose four games out of their, out of the last five, they would probably look to at least have another quarterback on the roster. Not to get rid of Drew Locke or not to hand anything to him, right down the middle. Have another guy in the building they can get ready. Maybe not a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, but someone that's better than Jeff Driscoll, someone that's better than Brett Rippon, someone that could be what Locke should have been this season. Not going to be a free agent. No Matt Safford, no Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, Unfortunately, not, no, no Dak Prescott. It would be another young guy because Elway's mindset is focused on that route now, which is the correct route to take. He just has to find the guy to walk along that route with. Callie, Dave, good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Another longtime listener, super chat, superstar. He says, just sneaking in. Uh, go Broncos, Denver Broncos for life. Hey, last I saw you were in a hotel, so hope, hopefully you got to your destination. Sounds like you at least got wherever you were going safe and sound. So good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you, as always. Uh, real quick, John, I'm going to grab this question here from Facebook user. Now, that is an original handle on Facebook. Uh, by the way, picture too. The, the reason it says Facebook user is you need to give StreamYard permission. Right underneath the stream on Facebook, there's a, it says this, you know, StreamYard or whatever. You click on that and it'll give Facebook, it'll give StreamYard, I should say, permission to show your profile name and picture. But so sorry, we can't name you. I just tried to see if I could pull you up on Facebook. It's not showing me, but it's a good question. Guys, where do you see Locke's confidence presently? He's had some of his worst games recently and has sabotaged the Saints game, even though he was trying to get some additional QB film time. I would beg to differ that he's had some of his, well, I guess you could say he's had some of his worst games Recently, if you want to talk about the Raiders game, but the Dolphins game was arguably Locke's most complete game of the year. So I would say that he's actually got more momentum, even though that faux pas from last week, that wasn't something that happened on the field. That was something that was, you know, basically outside of football. So I'm more inclined to say his confidence is probably right where it needs to be. And if anything, Zach, he's got some righteous anger, some righteous indignation that he's looking to you know, make a statement this week if he can. Now, it's not easy to make a statement against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they are as elite as it gets, but I'm not too worried about his confidence right now, to be frank with you. I'm not either. And the last taste of Locke I have, which is a weird sentence to say out loud, but the last taste I have of him is that Dolphins game. I don't, he didn't play in the Saints game. That game didn't even exist to me for all intents and purposes. That was the outlier to end all outliers. He played well against the Dolphins, and that was, like you mentioned, great point, his most complete game. He did not win until the Broncos were in a major hole. He did not win until the fourth quarter. It was a really good effort from everyone on offense, from Schirmer to Locke to the offensive line to the running backs. So the momentum, like you mentioned, it's pointing upward. And now you add on top of that the the pissed-off motivation and the inspiration they should feel and the anger they should feel against the NFL. And that's why I said Sunday night, I don't advocate for this much, but they have to consider this their Super Bowl against their hated rivals, a 10-1 and team. No one's giving them a chance. They were in a joke scenario last week for all the world to see. What's the best way to achieve retribution against the league is take down the golden child. And I think, you know what, if they have that mindset, Chad, I think Locke will play well. Cleanse that palate, baby. This is the way to do it. Uh, by the way, 
Dave, I'm, I'm notified here from, uh, from John, from our, our friend, Callie, Dave, he's been in a hotel for a month because of his move. That's right. He moved to the East coast. So thanks for the clarification reminder, Dave. Love you, buddy. Based Gase jumping in. Good to see you as well, my friend. Just a guy that has been consistent as all get out lately supporting the pod. So appreciate you, my friend. He says the chiefs have lost one game this season in it. They scored 32 points. The Broncos have scored 32 points or more just once this season versus the Jets. Hey, man, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a David and Goliath type of matchup. But you know what? Drew Locke was drafted to beat the Chiefs, and this is where he needs to prove whether or not, you know, show us some progress. Even if you can't beat the Chiefs this week, I mean, it's been a really topsy-turvy season. Show some progress. Bring it down right. to the wire. You know, this look last year well actually let me put it this way Vance Joseph's last year as the head coach the Broncos lost each game to the Chiefs by a single score and they should have beat him in the first matchup if Case Keenum does not throw a just off target ball to a wide open streaking to Mary's Thomas it does man it's still stuck in my crop but Vance Joseph showed more sign of recognizing how to limit Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid than Vic Fangio has in his three matchups thus far. However, one thing going against Fangio is the outlier that is two of the three games he's played the Chiefs have been snow games. And it's not because that's that's not necessarily something that has affected Fangio's defense as much per se, but in terms of competing as a team, those snow games really affect a young offense and a young quarterback who just so happened to play his first two games in the snow were those two snow games. So, I, I, I'm inclined not to read too much into the fact that Vic Fangio, by all appearances, has been farther away from competing with the Chiefs than Vance Joseph was. But nevertheless, this is the game where both Fangio and Locke, even if it's in the loss, shows to Elway and the front office and the fans and the media were a lot closer than you think. It's exactly the point I was going to make. I'm not even saying uh, they have to win this game to make a point or to prove that this or that. At least be competitive. Don't get blown out. Don't get run off the field. Don't get laughed off a primetime stage. Don't become a meme like they were this past week with Kendall Hinton at quarterback. Go, and I want to say go toe-for-toe with Patrick Mahomes, but how hard is that? How many quarterbacks can do that anyway? So for Locke, if he just can keep the game into the fourth quarter, if he can match a touchdown drive, like you you said it so perfectly, take a few steps back in this game without taking a few steps forward without taking one back. That's all I want to see. Bama X jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. By the way, if you're on Twitter, reach out. I've tried to find you on Twitter to tag you, but I, I, there's Bama. I mean, it's it's a ubiquitous name, right? There's a million Crimson Tide fans out there, so I can't find you. I'm actually expecting a decent game from Locke, says Bama X, against KC. No, not a game where he throws it 40 times, but I feel like he's going to be efficient this week. Hey, man, like we said, he's got – Good momentum as far as on field, you know, he, that, that first two series against the Dolphins were sketchy, right? He throws the pick on third down on the opening possession, three and out on the second. But after that, man, he galvanized, played poised, played smart, fed his playmakers. The offensive line played their hearts out. So if he gets a complimentary contribution from his teammates too, man, all bets are off. The thing is, though, and not to sound like a lock apologist, but him being efficient on Sunday starts not with him. It starts with the game plan and the play calling. 
If Shermer dials up 50 passes, it's not efficient. If, if you throw the ball around the stadium expecting to be another Pat Mahomes clone, you're going to get blown off the field. He has to put Locke in situations where he can use his arm to make plays or his legs, as the case may be. That doesn't mean third and 12, third and 11. It means third and two, or preferably not third downs. Keep moving the chains. Run the ball. Get the playmakers the ball in their hands. Philip Lindsay, if he plays, which he will. Melvin Gordon, Noah Fan, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. You have the talent. Just don't make Locke throw it 50 times. Have a smart game plan and keep him out of bad situations. That's how you make Locke efficient, Chad. All right. From Mark Langley, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you, as always. Talk about a superstar. He says, what's up, my guys? What's up to you as well, buddy? Good to see you. Appreciate you, Mark. Um, We are at 43 minutes, so we're getting close here. Uh, The Queen jumping in from the top rope. Christy, just, again, another another, uh, cornerstone member of the MHH community. She designed a shirt that sold like hotcakes, the MH, the Mile High Huddle Heart shirt. Guys, go check it out, huddleuppod.com. Browse, you'll see it. And just everything she means to this, this site, this brand, this community is just, it's off the charts. So we appreciate it. We love you, Christy. And she says, love to Broncos country and my priests. Hope you guys have an amazing night. You as well, Christy. Thanks for everything you do. We do love you, Christy. Thank you. Shout out. All right, let's see here, John. Um, I'm looking at the back end of things, and you're 100% right. I'm right there on Kevin. Oh, you got one. You got a uh, – looks like a super sticker coming through. Stu Meat, there he is, number one. Appreciate you, my friend. He loves the super stickers because he hits the emoji, right? And this is the only way for us to show you the emoji because StreamYard, when we show the super sticker like a super chat, doesn't translate it. So appreciate you, Stu Meat. What is that? Is that a raccoon? Is that a fox? I think it's a fox. I think it's a fox. That's With a my interpretation. Big head and a big paintbrush. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, KP, good to see you, my friend. Another just longtime bona fide superstar. He says, uh, stink always lingers. It never deodorizes. I still smell number 70 <laughs> from Florida. It's been months since his opt-out. Love to you, fellas. Sorry, I've been in and out. It's all good. We haven't had a Juwan James roast in a while, Chad. It feels good. It feels very 2020 to have that. Yeah, I mean, look at what has transpired. And I don't don't mean to to make light of the virus because the virus has been very unkind and deadly to to people with certain uh, medical conditions. But so far, every single NFL player that has gotten it has beat it. And I think Juwan James, in retrospect, my guess is he's probably going to regret that he opted out of one of his prime playing seasons with the Denver Broncos. Zach, we got Zeus jumping in. There he is. And the founding this is, father. This is the founding father. Yep, there he is right there. He says, hi, all. Good to see you, my friend. We Thank love you. you. Appreciate you. Everything you do for us, my friend. Um, let me see here. As I'm pulling this up, uh, we got another super sticker from – no, it's not a super sticker. It's a super chat from Chris Hernandez, 24-year veteran of the Air Force and a guy that is near and dear to our hearts and just an absolute gem of a dude. Love you, Chris. Appreciate you, my dog. He says, cheers, MHH fam. Go Broncos. And a little reminder for everybody, we got a few hundred people in the room between YouTube, Facebook. Click those little thumbs up. Each one helps. Appreciate yes. that reminder, Chris. Get on um, it. Right, let me see, uh, by way of questions here, let me see what else we've got. 
as we start getting a little closer. We got one here from BG. Pretty sure BG, another guy. I mean, I know this, I'm just saying it over and over, but these are the cornerstone members of this community that have allowed us to grow this and keep going and bring this to you daily. BG, we love you. He says, pretty sure we get blown out again. I'm not expecting much unless Casey decides to run the ball down our throat since it seems easy to do. It's a really interesting point because we talked about that. And my last article I just published on mileihuddle.com, it's surprising to me that in three of their last five games, I didn't realize this, the Broncos have allowed at least 200-plus rushing yards. They actually rank seventh worst in the NFL against the run, and which is in such sharp contrast to what we saw last year where after Mike Purcell came in and after uh, A.J. Johnson came in, they were stout against the run. And I realize Purcell's absence something to do with that, but – Chad, it jumped out to me how bad they are and how they've been this year against the run lately. No getting around it. And last year, I want to say there was one game they gave up 200, and it was that um, the Titans. Was it the Titans game? No, it was the Jaguars game. Excuse me, week four. Yeah, four net. Mm-hmm. They went over 200 as a team. Good but times. then they bet, as you said, you know, two weeks later, it coincided with the Actually, one one game later. So that was week four. Week five, Fangio goes, what am I doing? Shelby, you're playing a defensive end. You're right. playing the, the three and the four and sometimes the five. Tech, we're bringing in Mike Purcell to play the zero and the one, play the nose. And by the way, take a seat, Josie. We're bringing in Alexander Johnson to play next to Todd Davis. And suddenly... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The run was stuffed. Alex jumping in. Alex Salazar, a new name to Super Chat. I don't recognize this name, so welcome. welcome. And thank you, Alex. In a different universe, Rodgers at 30 years old or Mahomes now playing under center for Denver Broncos. <laughs> Great pod tonight, guys. I don't know about that, Alex, but thank you for the support. And, Zach, it's interesting he brings up. I think we know why he's got Rodgers and Mahomes on his brain because Vic Fangio today was asked, hey, is there any quarterback you've seen in the modern era, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, that is similar to Patrick Mahomes? And the only name he threw out there was Aaron Rodgers. I thought the question was, would you take Rodgers at 30 or Mahomes at quarterback for the Broncos? And I'm thinking, Mahomes, I don't care how old he is. I'm taking Mahomes any day. Love Aaron Rodgers, but Mahomes is just a different kind of beast. And, uh, yeah, you know, there, there's those comparisons out there, but 
Uh, they have a long way to go before you enter that rarefied air, justifiably, Chad. So Rodgers and Mahomes are who they are for a reason. BG, jumping in again to say one or two wins, I'd say, at best. So he's saying Broncos' best-case scenario is, you know, six and ten this, this year. We'll see. Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. It is the NFL, though. All things are possible any given Sunday. Stu Meat jumping in with another super sticker. Appreciate you, my dog. Love you. Really means a lot to us. Um, I want to see it. I think it's the uh, same one. Okay. I think it actually it is. I, I could be wrong, but James Moss jumping in. Thank you, James. Good Thank to you, see James. you, my friend. With everything going on, no matter what happens, football is just a game. Just want to wish everyone a healthy, happy Christmas and a new year. Love to everyone and go Broncos. Very it's true, cool, man. Right. And that's that's a good um, you know it's a good point. Football is just a game, but where it goes beyond is how it brings everyone together, right? It's, I mean, think about this. The depths of the shutdown from April through, I'll just say, June-ish, July, when we didn't know if we were going to get sports back, period, in 2020. Man, it was like mana from heaven just having the Broncos in the building and then just having, you know, training camp taking place. And then finally the season comes around and they actually kick off and everyone exhales and it's not just because we care so much about what happens on the field, Zach. It's that it brings us all together. It gives us all a common cause. I mean, yes. if I had a nickel for all the, the connections I've made just through not, not just the sports media business of covering the Broncos, but friendships, true, genuine friendships, uh, the community, people I've met here at, that have come to us through the community at MHH, and then what I've seen from members of the community who have found each other and become close friends and gone on to do their own things like the guys over at uh, the Mile High Roundtable podcast, Christy and Mundungus and Glenn and uh, Adon, things coming together. And it's just football is just a game. We shouldn't take it as too seriously, too much to heart, but we should also celebrate how it does bring us all together and give us common cause and something to really rally behind. Man, Chad, you nailed that. And I, you know, I'm very appreciative to know you and develop a friendship and a working relationship with you and, and to know the audience and all the Broncos fans out there. And you know what? This has been a trying year for every single person in the entire world, rich or poor. We've all gone through this together. And I know I can speak for you four nights a week, every single week this year, Chad, is giving me an escape and give me something I've looked forward to. I, I love connecting with Broncos fans and on this podcast. So we should be thanking you guys, as we always do, as much as you thank us. You are our escape and you are our mana from heaven as well. Richie Rich, and by the way, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off Kathy there. If you still have Kathy, throw her on, John, real quick. I just want to say hey to Kathy. She says, preach, Zach. Good to see you, Kathy. Uh, Richie says, hey, guys, what do you say uh, – what say you that the major issue with our team on offense is that we do not have our identity thoughts. I think we should be a run first. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a big issue. I don't know if it's problem number one, but Pat Shermer, something Zach and I rallied against uh, railed against, I should say for the majority of this year threw drew lock out there. Like it was Peyton Manning throwing 40 times a game, you know, at a certain point you just have to, you have to have the wherewithal to recognize how to put your guys in the best position. And in so doing is where you find and land on your identity. And they just haven't been able to do that. I mean, you figure that you got a two pro bowl running backs. That should be your identity. That should be your, your linchpin. That should be the fulcrum of the offense. Hasn't shaken out that way. And that's one of, you know, along with play calling and management, that's one of the biggest blights on Pat Shermer's Broncos resume, Chad, is not forming an identity and not having that out of the gates. And it's so funny we get this question because after the Broncos upset Miami, I tweeted 
they won this game because I think they finally found their identity. And that is a running team. That is a stout defense that uses Locke as the cherry on top. They sprinkle Locke in there to make enough plays to help them win. But their biggest, you know, their bedrock is their defense and the running game and why Pat Shermer took so long to figure that out. And also Vic Fangio, he as the head coach to instill the identity. We're going to play really elite defense. We're going to run the ball down your throats and we have a young quarterback with enough weapons. We can do some damage. That should be their identity. And it's no coincidence. They finally won a legitimate game against a good team because they found that and use that. Yep. Preach my friend. Um, Elvis on Facebook wants to know, what do you think of Denver trading for, no. Matthew Stafford, your no. thoughts? Zach? No, no more. No more of these band-aids, Chad. No more of these veteran holdovers. No more big, huge contracts. No more guys past their prime. No more. Elway finally had the right approach. It's a young quarterback's business. Every young, every team right now that's successful, 95% of them have a young or younger quarterback. You have to have that in today's NFL age. Matt Stafford was... Decent in Detroit for many years, but they ruined him and they wasted his prime. No Matt Stafford, no Matt Ryan. It's Locke or another young quarterback in the draft next season. David Kilgore, man, that just means the world to us, brother. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, we love you, my dog. He says, on Zach's answer to my last question, if we get a quarterback to challenge Locke, do you see a possibility of taking a look at Carson Wentz? Since it looks like the Eagles may trade or cut him. Thanks, guys. You rock. Zach, if you could get Carson Wentz for a song, whoop, um, you know, if, if they did cut him and you're like, here, come play some, you know, be our backup or something, I'd be okay with that. But trying to bring him in as a true reclamation project or to expect him to really push lock, this dude turned out to be fool's gold. And yep. I kind of always had a feeling he was going to be fool's gold, Same. to be honest with you, but it's unfortunate. But it is what it is. I I have no interest in in Carson Wentz in Denver. He is ruined. I don't want him. I don't want Sam Darnold. Wentz leads the NFL, I believe, in interceptions or turnovers. Why would you want to have that guy? And if he can't succeed under Doug Peterson, who's a much better offensive mind than Pat Shermer, what is he going to do in Denver? If he got cut, and why would he be a backup, Chad? Why would he come and sign with the Broncos for a few million bucks or whatever when he can just be you know, a starter somewhere else? No Carson Wentz. No... Other teams trash, guys. No more of that. Let's build our own quarterback. Let's draft one and build them the right way. Dak Prescott notwithstanding. He's the only guy I make an exception for. Uh, Real quick, before we grab this super, shout out to our Instagram followers, gang. Make sure you're also following MHH on Instagram. We're throwing up memes. We're throwing up uh, superstar selfies. We're throwing up cool little factoids and different things. Plus, we've got Kim Becker rocking Instagram for us, putting up highlights, doing a lot of cool stuff. A lot of interesting Broncos and MHH content on Instagram. So follow the page there, uh, excuse me, at mile underscore high underscore huddle. But the reason I'm bringing this up, Zach, real quick is this distinction. We were talking about an identity. The Broncos stumbled across it in week 11 against the Dolphins and then only had everything just upended because of the debauched week 12 result with the Saints. But in that game, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon became the seventh pair of Broncos ever to both rush 15-plus times and have 80 yards each rushing in the same game. That is the answer right there. That's the identity issue, and take pressure off your quarterback, boom. 
But did we need a stat to tell us that? We've been saying this for months now. How come the offensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, who's been a head coach twice, does not realize that? It should be a running team and a run-first team to set up the pass. And let me just say one thing. We got a question about Kaepernick from Kyle Johnson. I have a better quarterback of playing – I have better better quarterback, better chance of playing quarterback in Denver than Kyle Kaepernick. That's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, Colin um... – you know, that has nothing to do with whether we think he's good, whether we think politics, any of that stuff. We know what Elway thinks. That's we know what Elway, you know, <laughs> we have a good beat on on probably what Elway thinks. I mean, this is the guy that uh, testified in the in the suit that Kaepernick had against the NFL for blackballing him uh, against Kaepernick. So very slim chance. All right, John, BNS. Love you, buddy. He says, I'm so happy for 72, for Garrett Bowles getting paid. He is solid, and unlike Clady, he's literally never hurt 60 games. He is also a great dude oh off God. the field. Hashtag Crow Oh, high man. Impact. Bowles News Service, BNN, BNS. I, I We went back and forth on YouTube a little bit. I know you're a big Garrett Bowles guy, BNS, and I, you know what? I have eaten Crow, and he's the only guy on this roster from this year. I'm not eating Crow for Simmons. I'm not eating Crow for Melvin Gordon. I will, if you want to send me a Crow pie, I will eat it on camera. I will have some whipped cream. I will have a, a fork. I will go to town on it if you send it to me. Great season, worth the contract. Let's let's Let him keep it up now and earn that money. Knock on wood. Just make sure you brine that bird first before you send it. Crow can be very tough. Can be very tough. <laughs> I'll take um, it however you send it, BNS. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Aragon jumping in. Uh, good to see you, my friend. He says, happy to catch the pod. I can really see Locke coming out on fire and making a statement in this game. Hashtag Broncos country. I could see it too, but just be, wa- just be wary, all right, W-A-R-Y, of wishful thinking. Because this has been a season where just all bets are off. I think it's possible. As I mentioned earlier in this pod, I think his confidence is okay right now. I don't think it's really in question. And I think he has a chance to use this emotion and the anger that he felt over last week to his and the Broncos' advantage. But I've been wrong before. I didn't expect to see Locke regress in the ways that he has this year. Even though you know he's bounced back, it's been a quintessential one step forward, two steps back. I'm tired of seeing the two steps back. I want to see the one step and then the two steps, three steps. Pretty soon you're leaving it in the dust. It's all in the rearview mirror and you have arrived. And that was something that, you know, that Pat Shermer spoke to today. And it's not that Shermer, Zach, is does not share complicity for the frustrations we have over Drew Locke apparently showing regression and whatnot at different times this, this week. But um, he said today, uh, let me see, let me pull this up on Drew Locke, the next five games, quote, I think this is Shermer, quote, I think each week he's just got to get better in everything that he does. I think he gets more and more consistent with everything that he does. Then it'll show itself. I think that's where he's at. He's a young player. He's kind of a rookie plus player right now. This is a tough league. You get challenged every week. You got to step up to it, play well, and improve, especially at this stage of his career that he is at. So basically, I'm echoing Pat Shermer, and I'm, I'm not saying this to take any onus off of you know his complicity in, in Drew Lack not taking the steps forward that he should have, but that's where Drew's at. He's got to take it upon himself to to say, look, no more one step forward, two steps back. It's just forward marching from here on out. Is that yeah, and like he said, every game is big for Drew Locke. Not this game because it's Kansas City, not because of what happened against New Orleans. Every game for a young guy who's still unproven and the jury's still out on is a young game for him. And 
listen, don't expect, don't hold your breath of Locke having a statement game or some huge explosion against Kansas City. More than likely, they're going to lose this game. I'm just being honest with you guys. More than likely, he's going to throw for some middling numbers, you know, 250, two touchdowns, one interception, something like that. But it's what he shows and what the Broncos show, win or lose, that I take my analysis from, that I judge Locke on. I want to see, you mentioned perfectly, him take those two steps forward and nothing back. Not one, not a crawl, not a moonwalk, nothing backward, only forward. That's what I want to see from Drew. No moonwalking backwards, Drew. You heard it here first. (laughs) Uh, Mohammed, the male model of MHH, rocking the swag. Uh, Jumping in with a very generous super chat. Love you, buddy. Appreciate everything that you do. He says, I agree with the dragon. We have to be competitive. I'm tired of losing to the Chiefs. Hashtag, let's go. Appreciate you, Muhammad. Let him hate. Uh, Let him hate indeed. John, let me grab this one from our friend Black Knight over on Twitch. He says, we need a smart game plan. uh, Excuse me. A smart game plan is something that our OC does not have in his playbook. I don't know. I'm with you in terms of the spirit of what you're saying, the frustration of just how inconsistent and mystifying some of his his games have been this year, Shermer, but we have seen him, you know, show some competency. That game against the Dolphins where they pulled out the the he pulled out the pulling guards in the running game and all that. We need to see more of that against the Chiefs and throw them off balance. You know what? I uh, After that Dolphins game, we saw what they could be capable of. We saw what's in their playbook. Now it's on Pat Shermer to call those plays at the right times. And when he can do that, the Broncos offense can be something. I would have agreed with this premise before the Dolphins game, but after that, we saw a glimpse of what they could be, even without Cortland Sutton. And I want to see more of that going forward. All right, guys. Our last one, and then we got to dip out. We just crossed the one-hour mark from KP. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, Zach, I'll send my pie to Chad's, and I trust he will get it to Maryland. <laughs> Where do I send Mark Langley's pie? We knew when we drafted 72, he was raw. Yeah, Mark Langley, you know, we had a lot of fun, thanks to Mark and KP and everyone else. You know, it was, he was an easy Mark, and we always did it in in good good humor, and, you know, we, we never really meant anything by it. But it's just great to see him turn the corner. I think everybody in Broncos country – including us, you know, we, as media, you have to be willing to be critical when the time, when, right. when, when it's not going the way it should be going. And, you know, we, we call it out when we see it. And let me tell you though, no one was more happy than Zach and myself to see Garrett Bowles get that contract after playing the way he played this year. I mean, we'll eat the crow all day long because it's nothing but good things for the Broncos. And, you know, I think I, I, at least I have this reputation of being overly critical and hating everything. I, I praise so many Broncos players. I praise so many of their games and what they do in games. And Garrett Bowles, though, wasn't very praiseworthy. And I'll always call it like it is. He was hurting the Broncos for three years. He finally got it together, and he finally justified that contract. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him, but I'm happy because when he does well, like you just hit on, the Broncos do well. It's good for the Broncos, and you and I both want to see that. So happily eating that crow. All right, guys. Thank you so much to each one of you for joining us tonight, spending some time with us live. If you're listening after the fact on demand, we have about 13,000 people on Apple Podcasts alone that are subscribed to the show. We love each one of you as well. Appreciate you for supporting us and listening to each and every episode. That doesn't mention Spotify. That doesn't mention, you know, iHeart or Stitcher or CastBox or any of the other platforms. Our audience has continued to grow and show up for us, and, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Yes. We want to connect with you, though. We want to keep the conversation going outside the live streams and outside each episode. 
One of the ways to do that is connect with us on social media. First thing to do is follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and then the main account at Mile High Huddle and then connect with Zach and I individually. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen, and then our producer, John Kay, who works really, really hard to keep the wheels greased, so to speak, here on these live streams for each and every podcast. He's in the stream and doing what he does in the community. And so you want to connect with him on Twitter at John K M H H. And then don't forget, head on over to the merch store, huddleuppod.com, get your swag on. If you're on Facebook, you want to become a supporter, support what we're doing here at MHH, click the button. You're in like Flynn, but that's it. Zach and I are, are done for the week. We'll be back in the saddle though, as far as the podcast goes on Sunday, we'll come to you live for the rapid reaction halftime stream and then the gut reaction. So until then, you know, Zach, I want to send it over to you to sign us off and everything. Don't forget you got Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, Mile High Insiders on Saturday. Zach and I will see you on Sunday. Yes, the next time we talk to you guys, uh, regardless of the score, there should be something interesting to talk about. The Broncos will have a quarterback, though, which is uh, pretty encouraging, Chad, for that game. So look forward to seeing you then. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, Chad, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.